Hello and welcome back to Fundamentally Sound. Churro and Doug joining you today. Um, gonna try and run down a few things. Hopefully, uh, hit some uh, topics and make it a little shorter than our last episode, huh, Doug? Only a few, man. It's like a challenge. Oh. <laughs> challenge <laughs> accepted. <laughs> challenge accepted. No, but I'm down. I'm down to make it a little bit shorter. All I right. guess we could try. <laughs> we we we'll give it a shot. We can't promise anything. So if this ends up being an hour, we. At least we tried. Warning. <laughs> um, first thing up today is well, well, Doug, how was your day? You know, should probably ask yeah. That I, first. I feel like that's like always a good way to start. Just get a feel for how our days are. I know, who knows to the listeners out there, is it really important? But to us, it's important. It so, is very important because I think you have an interesting story from today. So I feel like you should kind of run a run down. But I know you asked me first, how was my day? My day was all right. Uh, went into work, made my sixty phone calls. Um, Got out of the office a little early today. A little retirement party for uh, one of my supervisors there at Arizona Athletics. She's uh, she's what she would call a lifer. Has done has committed decades of work over at Arizona Athletics. There and, you go. Uh, so it was it was nice to really kind of just be with our whole external ops and um, you know some other stat some other uh, big shots for Arizona Athletics. Just really celebrating her time um, that she's put in the difference she's made. So, yeah, I don't know. My my evening has gone well, I should say. It's been well, a very rewarding evening. So, Joe, how about your day? Um, you know, got a lot done in the form of uh, productive errands this morning. I worked at 5 today, so um, nothing too bad beforehand. Got a little workout in. Okay. Um, the story you're actually referring to happened yesterday while I was working. Oh, okay. See, there's, I'm a terrible listener. Yeah. <laughs> Nice, nice gentleman came in and talked to me about some golf clubs yesterday. Um, I believe his name is Frank. Really reminded me of uh, some of my family members. Uh, grew up in Italy, uh, moved to the the Bay Area. Bay Area. <laughs> Shout out Eflo. <laughs> um, but yeah, really nice guy. One of, one of those uh, those old men who you know you could sit next to on a park bench and he'd he'd give you the rundown of his life and. You'd learn some good life lessons for it, and if I live a life, you know, anywhere in as interesting as his was, I'd be more than happy. So, what do you think was like the biggest takeaway? Because I mean, I know that this guy went into like crazy depth about some of his crazy connections, but like, what do you think is like his coolest connection, person, like to to you? Um, he he played baseball against a lot of the. Uh, the greats that were obviously before our time of watching baseball, but like uh, Willie Mays and uh, people such as that. Um, That's it. It's a pretty big deal. (laughs) I I forget the other person he said, but yeah, I was like, dude, good good enough. (laughs) Like (laughs) that's great. I, he, he said that. Okay. So he came over and I guess he was a pitcher through right-handed. But then like when he went to go hit, he, he would hit left-handed at first. And then someone would like talk to him and be like, Why why are you doing this? Like you're you're right handed, you should do it the other way. But he was good at hitting left handed. So one day he finally got tired of someone like telling him he was hitting the wrong way, so he switched to the right handed side and hit just as well. So he was a switch hitter. Must be nice. Yeah, it was <laughs> natural and I guess I don't know. Dude was dude was pretty cool, had some great golfing stories. Yeah. You know, you could tell he lived one of those lives that like he took all the opportunities given to him and you know, there were some opportunities there that he didn't. And 
yeah, maybe he has a little bit of regret, but he's enjoyed his life thus far, has kids, and they have grandkids, and so, you know, he's he's living the American dream of whatever picture you want to paint as your American dream, but... He's got, like, a nice patriarchy going. Yeah. If you want to call it that. Sounded like he was happy, and, you know, he was living life to the fullest. Just wanted some golf clubs, but <laughs> ended up giving him some good you conversation, You got the, you got the too, life story so. instead. Hey, it made work go by pretty quick, so I, I was fine with it. That's what I think people out there need to understand. Like, a good conversation with somebody is, it's like a good moment, you know? Yeah. Sometimes money and sometimes the other uh, daily headaches are forgotten for, for a moment. Yeah. It's nice. Plus, it, it allows you to, like, get a sense of helping out someone, you know? Because, like, yeah. I, I mean, I helped him out a little bit. We, we normally don't accept, like, multiple turn-in clubs, like trading in clubs oh, okay. if you're buying new clubs, but... Uh-huh. You know, since I related to the guy and I was able to get him some deals, you know, so, um, you know, it just helps talking to people. You you get yeah. a little rapport with them and you go from there. So, but yeah, day went well. It's still going. It's almost, it is 11. So yeah, this is like a good morning shout out to our, <laughs> to our East coast and, uh, out of the country friends. Yeah. Who knows the diamondbacks and pirates might still be playing baseball, Holy cow! but that we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, First, we should probably divulge into the uh, NBA Finals, which start tomorrow uh, in Golden State. And if anyone was surprised that it was the Cavaliers versus the Warriors, um, welcome to Earth, and <laughs> I welcome you to also America. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, like everybody here knows that I'm a I'm a Spurs homer, but that was just um, that that in in and of itself, I felt that series was series was just definitive of the fact that i'm sorry even seeing a, a you know emaciated uh spurs lineup um i still have seen them play awesome defense and getting crushed by 30 points felt like kind of like normal <laughs> or like our best defense was out there still and i was like okay so yeah i don't know um sure you're our nba analyst if you want to call it that what is what is there what are the things to watch for in this series in your opinion I mean, I wouldn't go as far as analysts, but <laughs> I do on, listen on pod, to a lot on of On our things. pod, you are. <laughs> um, so things to look for are uh, LeBron James and both Kyrie going up against their old coach and Mike Brown, who's now coaching the Warriors. Funny fact is the Cavs are still paying Mike Brown. So Really? Yeah. Like he, a lot? Well, so I forget this. Well, I'm Probably a decent Probably a money. decent amount. <laughs> but um, so he was – a Cavaliers head coach when LeBron was there. LeBron left. I think he got fired for a season, and then they brought him back, and then he got fired again because he was fired twice by him. I don't know the exact scenario, but I hear LeBron makes a lot of these decisions. So, <laughs> well, LeBron wasn't there when he got fired. Oh, okay. Well, he was in sorry. Miami, so ah, uh, that's right. But um, South Beach. Also, there's let's see, there's five or six U of A alumni. Involved in these NBA finals? Yes, there are. Actually, There's seven, six. I think. Well, I know for sure six. I can probably find that picture. Because it's, it's Steve Kerr. There's one. Which he may not be coaching. We do not know yet. He's still uh, dealing with some health issues. Hopefully, he gets better soon. You know? Yeah, dude. That that spinal le- like leakage, that has got to be the craziest thing. I've never heard of that. It just sounds so gnarly. Well, and now since like he, he wouldn't have gone through the back surgeries that he's had, knowing what he knows now he 
he's a big proponent of not getting back surgery anymore for some reason. It was uh, a big thing. It was kind of a freak accident. Like he got like like nicked or whatever. His like I don't know what that exact what you want to call it, but yeah, yeah it's kind of just more of an accident than anything. Anyways, uh, Steve Kerr, yeah, uh, UVA alumni. Then you got Andre Igudala. That's two. Um, then there's a assistant on the Warriors. I thought that. Yeah, I'm seeing his like playing day picture, number 22. Do you see this right here on my computer, Churro? This guy. Oh uh, yeah, I see. Wearing those short about. shorts. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll get some more. Uh, we'll we'll try and find the name. Uh, <laughs> but, but we'll d- probably butcher it. But Derek Williams. Yeah, Derek Williams. Can, you can list off Richard of Jefferson, yep. Channing Fry. Um, and that's. Does, Does that round it out? I think uh, that rounds it out once we figure out this other guy. But Yeah, so six. Um three on each team, so another Wildcat final will be in the books. But going more into the basketball sort of thing, um, it'll be interesting to see how the benches play against each other in this game because the Warriors get a lot of um praise for, you know, their four or five superstars that they have on their team, but in order to have those they had to um, get rid of a lot of their bench depth. And so will those matchups be a problem moving forward? Yeah. Um, and then the last thing I think is a lot of people are saying the pressure is no longer on LeBron, uh, that the pressure all rests with Kevin Durant and the Warriors, um, mainly Kevin Durant and probably Steph Curry because if Steph Curry has another dud of a final, then people are going to start chirping about him not being able to perform in the finals. And then Kevin Durant will be made a mockery of for even going to the Golden State Warriors yet again because Lord knows people just hate the fact that he went there. So, Yeah, in a weird way, I kind of feel like this finals is like like a statement. and Whoever wins, it's like a statement. And Well, I don't know if a statement is the right way to put it, but it's a battle of... Um, there's just so much, not controversy, but there's so much like riding on the line for certain guys, like for, for LeBron, like seven straight finals, um, seven, seven, right? Yeah. Seven. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, like eight, what, actually, is it eight? It's eight. So that's why seven thought. was last year. Okay. So this is eight. So yeah, like every three with the heat and then this will be, no, he went to four with the heat, four with the heat and one, heat. two. Yeah, he went to four with Heat, one, two, and then this will be his third. No, so it's seven, eight overall finals. Seven in a row, eight, eight overall finals. Okay, okay. Um, so I, I feel like for LeBron, it's always just this, the it's always the comparison. But I thought he it was a respectful gesture about how he looks up to MJ, like it's a pursuit um, in his career. I know we talked a little bit about this in the last pod, but um, you know everybody's like, well, it's great that he can just you know consistently just walk right into the finals but if he doesn't want to ring what does it mean it's just like another guy who... i mean the whole the whole thing about either of these teams walking into the finals like i mean for those of that's that's a lie yeah for the people that say that obviously like you're giving no respect to the other teams sure. because even even though like the warriors faced a lot of depleted teams because george hill didn't play in the jazz series um there was someone injured in the Portland series, I think. Um, McCollum or? No, uh, their big guy, Yusuf Nurkic. Oh, yeah. Uh, who they consider a pretty valuable player. And then, obviously, the Spurs with all their injuries. 
So, I mean, you're not giving the credit of the other teams for even, like, attempting to try. I mean, there's competition in these leagues, obviously not as much as there used to be, but, I mean, to say that Jordan never walked into a finals or, you know, all that sort of stuff is just kind of ridiculous. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I misspoke. I just, what I, what I meant to say is, like, there's just this big argument about parity. No, and and I just think that Churro's also nailing it on the head that, you know, it's about working hard. It's about putting the extra hours in the gym. It's about working as a team to achieve a mission. Uh, so I would just say that these teams are the best in the NBA that are doing it. I mean, let's just let's just call it what it is. Well, and I mean, I I don't know a lot of people that root to not see the best teams make it to the the championship. You know, you always have the fans that root for the underdog, but then again, you're it's very rare that you find two underdogs making it to a championship and then you have a game rather than like a David versus Goliath scenario. And then sometimes those aren't fun to watch because the teams just, you know, went out. It's, it's kind of like LeBron's first finals appearance. Like his team was never supposed to make it there. They were supposed to make the playoffs. Yeah. And then LeBron had a great playoff run, made it to, uh, the finals, and then ran into the Spurs when the Spurs were just in their heyday. Lethal, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. A lot of people are like, well, you know, LeBron's lost, what, like four NBA finals? Well, okay, look at how many. First off, the first finals, none he could have done, like very little. As a little kid playing out there. Yeah, he was a little <laughs> that's kid. It's a big moment. <laughs> he was playing with the likes of, like, Zeldrunas, Elgowskis, Drew Gooden, yeah. Larry Snow or some – I don't even. Those know. are more names like, than I ever knew. So, yeah. so like, well, they were talking about it on the jump today. So, uh, okay. But Charo did his homework again. Um, no surprise. I mean, the Mavericks series, obviously, like that's the one blemish you can point to in the finals career of his because he just kind of went away. But yeah, that was. I mean, when you have to take on like dynasties, like the Spurs dynasty, like it's always going to be a tough series. Like I don't know how you can't say those aren't tough matchups to win. Who was coaching that team? The which one? When when they when the Heat played uh, the Spurs Spolstra. Was it Spolstra? Yeah. Eric Spolstra was coaching that. So anyways to get back to these finals. Um so I don't know. I think it'll be very entertaining to watch. I look forward to watching the games I can. Um Do you think the games will be close? That's I think is that to be seen? I I hope they'll be close. Okay. I think I think this is the key here is if LeBron and Kyrie can play the games we both know they are able to and they do have the three-point shooting of Corver and Kevin and Fry when he gets in there. Yeah. Uh JR Smith um, and Clay Thompson still uh, continues to underperform in the playoffs. Then I believe games will be close. I'm, I just don't see LeBron allowing the Warriors to gain great leads on them. But I think if the Warriors get to a point where they're up by twenty, the Cavs will check out. Yeah, because that's just it's what the like, Cavs do. It's be like you know what. We'll take you guys on two days, yeah. you know, type scenario. Okay. But the big thing is the Warriors are coming out on nine days rest. Yeah. So how is their uh, 
game flow going to be coming out? Are they going to be lethargic or uh, ready to go and whatnot? Which, I mean, you could go either way. It really depends. Obviously, practice is nowhere near a game, so uh, that goes on. But um, if the Cavs come out strong in game one, I think the series will be close. But if the Warriors blow the top off in game one, I'd see this series maybe going five. Unfortunately, with the Warriors, yeah, champs. Okay. So, I mean, my I would love to see Cav the Cavs win again, just because I'm a LeBron fan. Sure. Um, much respect to like Curry and KD, great players in their own right. But, um, I don't know. I just I I'm rooting for the Cavs, but realistically, I see the Warriors nailing it down in six. Um, I think it'll hopefully be close games, but when you have four All Stars. And Iggy, who can shut down LeBron to to an extent, yeah, like as much as anyone can shut down LeBron. It's like making him work harder. Yeah, exactly. If you want to call it that, yeah. Well, that's the thing. And Iguodala brought up a good point today. Having KD on the team allows him, uh, Kevin Durant, to do more of the scoring, yep. which he does anyways. Allows the other guys to save energy and play better defense. So, I mean, when you're bringing on a scorer like that, you don't have to take as much of the workload on your other guys who then can work on just stopping LeBron. I mean, Iguodala in this series could average two points a game. If he if he makes LeBron average anywhere near, like, 22 points a game, he's done his job. That's a win. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. you'll take that, and I'd vote him finals MVP again. I mean, like, how – like, that's just – I mean, I know that we're having this discussion and we talk about how it's not all about LeBron, but, I mean, it's just like – so if you know that you are the best player, not only in the organization, we're just going to call it the world, like, you know that you play with the biggest target on your chest and on your back, like, what is your mentality – like – I get confidence. Like, I understand confidence. Like, you're confident. You know, like, okay, I've scored 60, 70 points in a game. I have passed the ball, like, 20 times. I've had a 20 assists. I've had 20 rebound plus games. You know, like, you've had these freakish nights. Like, what do you think, like, keeps it – or, like, what is his um, mindset going into a game? Is it just, like, I I hope all five guys are playing defense on me and I'm still just going to shove it down your throat? Like, is that is that the mentality? Is it the mentality that you trust the guys that you play with? Like, what – What's your opinion on that? Well, I think um, LeBron's downfall has always been the fact that he's been more of a passer in his career than a scorer. And by downfall, I don't mean by any means like him being yeah. less great than he is, but uh, downfall in um, people who judge him, like their minds, has it's been a downfall because we look at people like Michael Jordan who's basically controlled a game from a point standpoint as far as he's going to shove it down your throat and score yeah. 60 if he needs to. Same thing with Kobe Bryant. Whereas LeBron, while having the grand ability to put the bucket or put the ball in the bucket, um, always wants to pass first. He's always yeah. had that mentality. And so my one of the things I was going to bring up is the fact that LeBron in the playoffs has shot over 40% from three-point range. It's pretty decent. Yeah. My criticism of LeBron has always been the fact that I think he settles for mid-range and long-range jumpers too much. And, I mean, there's there's always a certain point where you need to make them respect your outside jumper in order to get to the hole. But 
there's times where I see LeBron get the ball, you know, he drains about 10 seconds of the shot clock, does some dribbling stuff, and then just jacks up a three. And it's usually a brick. Yeah, and it's normally a brick. And I think if he does that in this series, then the Cavs are in trouble. Yeah, it could be a downfall. Yeah. I mean, because I would would almost leave, like, the ball handling, and I would almost leave the kind of, like, trickery to Kyrie. Like, that dude is a monster. Like, he'll put you in the spin cycle and then still hit it on you. Just, it's unreal. Well, and that's the thing. If um, LeBron, I would always want the ball to touch LeBron's hands in a possession. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. And personally, I like LeBron bringing up the ball from the backcourt. Um, it's just if you're going to do something, you want to run a pick and roll, get LeBron going to the uh, to the basket, and then having him kick out to shooters. That's why everyone puts shooters around him. Yeah. And then when LeBron's getting doubled or, you know, finding himself having an off night, Kyrie – can make his own shots that's one of his greatest abilities is the fact that he can put someone in a spin cycle or effectively attack off the dribble and he has jumpers that can kill people they're pretty they're pretty yep but that's the thing i think there's just so much offensive firepower of the warriors that the Cavs have to play perfect games and the warriors can play well they still need to play perfect yeah they have a little bit more room so yeah, it's like ah, that's like the the funny not the funniest. It's like the craziest part about the Warriors. The depth is pretty. It's just that's the well, like, that's that's the type of depth you pray for. That's the type of depth you dream of. And I mean, I wouldn't even say like depth of like bench, just like depth of scoring and from their stars. Like, because if KD is off, you still have Steph, Clay, and Draymond that can go off. Or if Steph is having an off night, then KD's probably dropping forty. Like. I don't know who you choose to take out of a game when they're all going. But like I said, Clay Thompson's been averaging, I think it was like 16 points per game this postseason. So it's, it's been yeah pretty weak. If he's not on, then I mean, then you have big three versus big three. And do you take Steph, KD, and Draymond? Or do you take Kyrie, uh, LeBron, and Kevin Love? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just think like... All I can keep thinking about is, like, I just think that the Warriors, like, everybody sees them as the monsters. Like, that, like, they kind of just swag around the California mentality, like, you know, oh, whoop-de-doo, we're down by 40 at the half. Like, get get ready. Here comes a, a show in the third quarter, drop 60. Like, yeah. what the, like, where was that all game? So, I, my, my mentality going into the series, and the only reason I see the Cavs winning this, and I do... It's funny because I I don't really I don't at this point care I'm more of a West Con- Western Conference guy so I'd rather see the Warriors win which sounds really whack but the only way the Cavs win this if they they want it more if well, they if they show that they're not willing to let the Warriors go on ten point fifteen point twenty point streaks because it'll be over so quickly well, if that happens and the funny thing is I was actually just about to say something similar is in the fact that like. I think the Warriors want this so badly that that may be their downfall. They may push so hard because they're thinking about, oh, we we gave up a 3-1 lead. That's an interesting way to look at it. Kevin Durant's thinking about, oh, well, I went to Golden State to win a championship. Like, There's so much pressure outside-wise being put on them that are they going to be able to bend and withstand it or are they going to break? That is – and and (laughs) – And it almost ties in with the the nine day rest thing that you're talking about. Like all these days, just 
all tick, they had tick, to hear tick, it all. Tick, 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 tick. Yeah, like the media never shuts up about it. Your best friends don't shut up about it. Yep. Man, that is. That's one of those where like you wish like cell phones, computers, TVs didn't exist, and you could just go read a book, and just like get away from everything. Because if you're smart, that's what you're doing. If if I was the Warriors, I'm like I'm golfing. I'm getting somewhere where like no one with a cell phone, anything like that, is around me, or you know like just trying to stay away from media stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, I, d- I definitely think they hear it. I think they, I, I mean, I shouldn't say I think. I know they hear it. I know they see it. But something to consider is also is like kind of when we were golfing the other day, I just feel like professionals have this unique ability to block it all out. Like they have like what LeBron calls like the, you know, zero dark 30 mode. Like, see, but I don't even think LeBron blocks it out in his well, zero dark. And I was just mode. about to say, like, it's obviously hard to when, like, you know, in the news you hear about his home in California getting – that's you just know, ridiculous for no, people. I, yeah, I mean, I don't want to get all political about it, but you know, know what I yeah. mean? It's just mm-hmm. absolutely disgraceful to think that that still occurs. Um, and to have, I mean, the most prolific athlete currently probably in the States, potentially. In the, I know they just submitted that thing out, out in ESPN about, like, the 100 most famous. You know, whatever, yeah. yeah. And he was, what number, was he not one? Or I, was it? He was up there. He was, like, top five, not surprised, but, like... I mean, he had to come out and do a press release today and said it's tough to be black in America. Like, wh- why is it tough to be? That shouldn't even, that should not be uttered. It's, it's 2017. It's embarrassing. So, I, I mean, it's just that that's what's tough is that I think as professionals, they get into the mindset that it's game day. Like, um, you know, we see some unbelievable performances like Isaiah Thomas after his sister passed away, puts up a, a show like, 50 points. Yeah. It's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but I just think that these guys are the best in the world at doing it. Like, Well, and I, I think you're correct in the mindset that like when they hit the court. Yeah, but like, it's not. It's not. I, I can't say it off the court. It's yeah. probably not. It's, it's probably impossible. Exactly. It's probably and, impossible. And that's the thing. It's, it's one of those things where on the court, I mean, I even find myself like, and by no means do I consider myself a great athlete, but like when I'm playing a sport, like I'm purely focused on what's going on when i'm doing whatever sport that is whether it's on the baseball field yeah, you're right. like i when i would get up to hit i couldn't hear the other dugout i was solely focused on what the pitcher was doing like that sort of stuff occurs and i could only imagine it goes to an extreme when you're talking about the great athletes we have but off off the court i mean with everything today like that's why you get <laughs> Like, all these old players who say, like, yeah, the game's changed. Like, it's not as hard. Like, they never had to deal with all the -the off-the-court stuff. And by no means am I giving the current players an out for saying it's, you know, harder to play today. But it's just more to deal with. It's just scrutiny. Yeah. So, but... Get, let's let's get your finals prediction and then we'll we'll move on since we've spent so you so you, yeah we've spent a, a decent amount of time but it's a it's a big there's a lot to it's, talk about it's I, a big deal I mean championships are always a big thing to talk about so I have no problem talking a lot about oh, it, is yeah. all I'm trying to say uh, so you said six Warriors. Warriors and six so that means so I was the first two are in Golden State next two are I think in, they in split Cleveland. in Golden State uh, then. Uh yeah, so they split in Golden State. It'll be one one going back to Cleveland. Uh, the Warriors take two in Cleveland. Wow, they win. They win both of those. They win both in Cleveland, and then LeBron 
uh, and Kyrie go off in game five. But game six might just I, – I could see it going to seven. But I think the Warriors get up 3-1. The Cavs win one more, and everyone's kind of like, whoa, is this going to happen again? <laughs> and then, like, it'll be they closed get, they, get, they get silenced yeah. in the six. I kind of – okay, I'm going to say the same thing. Um, I, I – yeah, because I don't think it'll go seven. Um, gosh, I, I'm like I don't. I I'm gonna pick the Cavs. I just want to go against you. Um, but I don't. The only way I see that being possible is so they have to take one Golden State to start off. So it goes one one. I think if anything, if the Cavs for the Cavs to win, they need to win the first game. But continue. I feel, like we, I feel like we could have a pot on that. Is the discussion of what is the what is the mentality after winning that first game in a, in like a game like a series of? I always feel like that first game is like it's a it's a clean slate. There's no, like nothing like that's been put on the line. You know, yeah, like no. I feel like that is such a mentality. Like we'll have to write it down for. I know, but pod. I this would take like statistics and stuff <laughs> to like go back and like oh what does we'll it mean? Have to like, do some you, homework. like what's the percentage chance that you're gonna for sure win? You know, obviously that's a bunch of malarkey, but. Um, Anyways, I, I, th- I think it's it's so they would have to split. Uh-huh. So then let's say they go back to so then they go back to Cleveland. Uh-huh. Let's just say they win both of those. So then now it's three one scenario. So going so back, the Cavs to, win both of those. So let's just say the Cavs win. Games so now the three, Cavs are four. up three one. So now the Cavs are up three one. God, that would be so interesting if they blew a three one lead. <laughs> <laughs> so you see the narrative now. Do you see it? Do you see what? I, so. That's that's uh, maybe it's a bad maybe it's a bad omen. If I, Cavs go up three one, if I was either won. of these teams, I don't know if I'd want to go up three one. I think I'd be aiming for seven at that point and just let it ride out to the end. Cause. Another podcast, <laughs> the three one mentality. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just gonna say Cavs in seven, but that's something about Cleveland and three one leads. You know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't I don't know because let's see. So game seven would be played in uh, Golden in State. Golden State. Yeah. That Which just, last year was. Yes, it was. Yeah. So, I mean. Just the ultimate, LeBron ultimate and, redemption. Yeah, and LeBron said he loves playing on the road. He loves that adverse. Uh, yeah, the adversity of playing it's, on the it's road. It's kind of cool playing on the road. Oh, I, I I love playing on the road. It's like a statement, you know what I mean? I Like, I know when I played ball, like football, like whenever we got scheduled for other teams, like homecomings, family week, or whatever it was. Oh, it just fires you up. Yeah, because you, you just want to put them in the dirt like, at that point. Oh, you put us there <laughs> in your schedule. It was T- the same. Time to buck up, you know. It was the same way. Whenever like coaches would tell me I'm facing like the ace of the other like oh, baseball right. team, you're just like, Bring there's like me. scouts in the seat. They got their radar guns. You're like, all right, I'm gonna put one over the fence and show you what it means to be a ace. We own. Yeah, exactly. It's all about the mentality. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's so. So all right. So we got differing opinions. We got Churro over here, the man of of reason and wisdom, saying Warriors and six. Even though I'm a LeBron fan. Even <laughs> though he's a LeBron fan, and I am pulling for the Western Conference. However, believe Cleveland has the ultimate redemption and wins in seven. So, um, yeah. So that should be entertaining. We actually we got a predi- we got a prediction on the table prior to the events occurring. Hey, that is what that's I'm all talking we can about. Ask for. That is what I'm <laughs> talking about right there. So something we didn't get on the airwaves prior to uh, the the actual series starting was Nashville and Pittsburgh. Although I would have said Preds in six. Wow. Okay. Or seven. Preds in six or seven. Okay. Um, now I'm gonna say Penguins in like four. <laughs> gonna cheat, <laughs> dude. I mean, like it's unbelievable to me. 
um, in a series like this with the Preds kind of, I mean, obviously being underdogs, but Pittsburgh changing goalies, um, you know, just I, I just feel like the Preds are in an unfortunate position now. They're down 0-2. They've been playing their tails off for almost most of every game and then coming to the third period get waxed. So I mean, there is something to be said for them playing at in Pittsburgh. So oh, I mean, that's a tough place to play. Yeah, that is it's, contentious, man. By no means <laughs> is going down O two in Pittsburgh like the end all be all. Going back to Nashville, they they may just feed off of their crowd and tie it up. So we may have to see, but um, I believe that it works like um, the NBA where it's two two and then one one one. Yeah, I think so as well. Yeah, of course we're not we're not pros and we're missing our dear friend Majeski <laughs> this evening, um, which he would be able to fulfill, fill us in. But I feel like that's how it goes. That's yeah. how they all do it now, except for baseball. Yeah, Cause is it is it two three two? yeah two three two for baseball? But um, yeah, I mean I haven't had the opportunity to watch any of the games. Unfortunately, um, I've been working and or traveling, so yeah, there's that. But you know, I've I've been rooting for the Preds, especially since they knocked out my Blackhawks. But it, it would just be a cool story. Although, big fan of uh, Sid the Kid, so who yeah. knows? Yeah, I mean, it's there, there's a little. I I feel like it's just it's a little overbearing for Nashville. I just don't know if they've been on this stage. Um, I don't know if enough of their players have been on this stage. And whereas I look at Pittsburgh, and it's like, yeah, dog, <laughs> we were just here. So I mean, that whole mentality thing again, you know? It's true. So yeah. So I mean, yeah. I it would lo- I would love to see Preds come from from the grave and just pull this one out at like they've been almost doing all playoffs and kind of shocking everybody. But I'm gonna say I'm not too. I wouldn't. You wouldn't bet against the Penguins. No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a little piece on NHL. Gotta Although, get, gotta get that out of the way. I I am not a betting man, but when I was in uh, Louisville. I did go to the Kentucky Derby, and there were some horse races going on, and I did win some money. So put some money down. I did put some money down. How much money did you put down? I put twenty bucks down. It was modest. Yeah, you know, modest. Well, um, (laughs) my good friend uh, Steve Wosfield, oh, um, yeah, who just graduated with his uh, master's in accounting. Bear down, go cats. So shout out to him. He uh, he texted me because he saw my snap story. Was like, uh, put ten down on a horse you think will win for me, and I was like, oh, okay. So like, I matched him. We all, we went in on a. The horse was number six. I forget the name of the horse. Oh. Um, I wish I remembered because it was probably <laughs> something funny. But oh yeah, um, had great names. He he had the best odds to win. That's not why I picked him though. Oh, okay. Um, they were five to two odds. Um, for those of you who you know like to do that sort of math, but so <laughs> what they do is they parade the horses around like once or twice. Okay. Before they take him out to the starting point. Right. And so the reason I actually picked this horse is because while they were parading him, he looked the calmest. Like he didn't look like any like of the like it wasn't race people like around. It was just another day. Yeah, like none of the people around were getting to him. He wasn't like anxious or jittery. Like okay. I don't know if you can tell that in a horse. That was just my stab at it and I won. So Go figure. How what like one's like so up to that that parading point, like when is the last opportunity to put in a bet or place your bets? Once they're in the starting gate, you can't place the bets anymore. Oh, okay. Anymore. So literally, so you can 
see all that and then say, oh, now I know what I want to do. Yeah. Ah, and like people make days out of this and it's, it's quite an, we'll have to talk about it more in another yeah. episode, yeah. but I find it interesting. Um, I think yeah. that's, that's a cool little piece. So that's, that is funny. The, 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 um, mind of, of a champion calmness, calmness. I like that. Interesting. All right. So 35 minutes into this podcast well maybe let's let's try and go maybe like 10 more 10 15 what um, else do we have to talk about well so let's get into the fighting aspect of things not not necessarily like fighting like you know like me and doug fighting but like so there was a, a fight between pk suban and a penguins player which i do not know oh, the yeah. name of yeah i could probably look that up um and doug said they pretty much just figure skated with each other so <laughs> but does that compare to the fight that happened between uh, our good friend Mr. Bryce Harper and Hunter Strickland, which I was listening to uh, The Herd today, which is probably where I get most of my information from. But um, apparently there, there was, like, this big debate on, you know, whether Buster Posey should have, like, stopped uh, Bryce Harper from, like, getting to Hunter Strickland at the beginning and oh why didn't, God. like, Buster yeah. Posey step in and... I thought that was a bunch of malarkey, but um, apparently Hunter Strickland told Buster Posey before he pitched to Bryce Harper that he didn't want Buster Posey to stop him, that he wanted to face Bryce Harper one-on-one, and it was still a stupid fight. Like, like at least know how to fight if you're going to fight. Like, that's my thing. Like, you you better, like, tackle him and get some blows in and then get pulled off. Get your money's worth. Like, well, first (laughs) off, okay. Bryce Harper brings his helmet and throws it all the way to first base. Like, we're we're talking a Major League Baseball player who's supposed to have a cannon and accuracy and just chucks it all the way to the right. It's like he shanked a golf shot. Like that was a that's even worse than my shanks. Yeah, no, literally <laughs> Sorry, like Sorry, that is bad. <laughs> and then he like winds up to swing and Strickland dodges it and then Strickland like grazes Bryce Harper's face and Harper grazes Strickland's face and everyone's just like rushing in. The worst part was if you put the fight in slow motion, Michael Morse comes in from first base to try and break it up. He like gets in the middle. This is the best part of the fight. But Jeff Samarja comes barreling in and tackles him. They're on the same team. Notre Notre Dame alum. He went back to his football days and just (laughs) like side swiped in and you just see the whole pile fall over. Bryce Harper's still standing, and Hunter Strickland's still standing. No one did their job correctly. It's like a folly. It's just <laughs> it's like an SC not top ten. Yeah, as, as, as the best, Literally. like number one SC not top ten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it ma- it makes games interesting. Like I personally would probably rush the mound if I knew a pitcher was throwing at me intentionally and I didn't like the pitcher. But like, <laughs> I'm telling you, I I would get my money's worth. Like. I, I'm not saying, like, I'd break the dude's nose, but I'm making him bleed at least. Like, come on. Like, I'm going for that one punch that knocks him out, and then I just walk off the field like I know I just got thrown out, so it's fine. These guys got to go to the Nolan Ryan, like, school of hard knocks, man. You know you know what I'm saying? They, they need to, like, take MMA classes on their off days because yeah. this shit's yeah. ridiculous. You know, like, I mean, you got, yeah, you got a guy like, what, Arietta who loves Pilates? Yeah, exactly. Nah, man, like, come on. <laughs> That soft stuff up in here. We need some, uh, you know, Conor McGregor classes going on. <laughs> Just some strict M- mixed martial arts. Like, oh gosh, at, at least get some like punching classes in. 
Like, I don't want to see any kicking because no, they're wearing okay, spikes. Yeah, yeah, nothing like, below the belt. Like, come on. This isn't this is sports. <laughs> this isn't Bush League. This is, yeah. <laughs> but, well, I mean, that is kind of Bush League, but. It is kind of, yeah. <laughs> it's Bush no. League, but it's like, I don't know. And Bryce, I, Bryce Harper's helmet throw to first, that was Bush that League. That was Bush League. <laughs> I, I, hate, I hate people who, like, are now starting to come out and say, you know, this whole, like, retaliation of throwing at hitters is a stupid thing and it needs to go away. And I'm, I'm like, I, I understand why people don't want to see players get hit. And by no means do I ever think someone should purposely throw at someone's head. But, like, it's a part of the game. It's it's always been a part of the game. Like, you, someone like Jose Bautista, if he's looking at a home run for more than five seconds and I'm catching – the next time he comes up, I'm telling my whoever the hardest thrower in the bullpen, I'm bringing him out, and he's throwing a hard one right at his back. Like that's just the way it goes. Okay, uh, well, so so you say he's throwing it at his back. Yeah. So now I've heard a few things on the radio. I've seen a few things on TV. These guys are making comments saying, "Well, back in my day, back in you know the heyday, we would put it at his head, put it right." You know, between his, his, you know, I mean, his ears. Like that's back when, like, you had players who didn't worry about concussions and you know, like all that sort of stuff. Which I mean, by no means is an excuse, but like, I think I I've always done it as I'm not throwing at the dude's head. I'm throwing at his back. Like you're not sure. trying to permanently injure the dude, but you're sure. sending him a message. Sure. Like yeah. Well, okay. So. So you may hate that people are coming out now and saying, like, oh, like, this should not be allowed. This is America's pastime. Like, kids are watching. What I don't like, what I'll be honest and what I don't, what I dislike, and I have Bryce Harper on my fantasy team, I don't like how he appeals because he's like, well, I didn't start it, but kind of did, bro. But he appeals. They take one game away, and he's like, all right, I'll sit out three games. I don't like that. I don't like that these – it almost feels like the players have command, like still have command over the situation. Like, they, So you'd want them to sit out four games? Bro, sit out as many a- games as like whatever the league's – whatever you get sanctioned. Like, I mean, obviously I respect the fact that there's a players – or whatever it's called in the players' union. Well, no, take the punishment for – no, I, I completely agree. Like, but – this is my thing. Like you should also. be, you should be allowed to appeal. I mean, like that's that's like legal well, system stuff. Like you should be able. I to. mean, but the pure fact of the matter is, like, he did it. There's no argument that he charged the mound and he threw punches. Like, four games is reasonable. Heck yeah, it is. Like, you you did it. Serve the time. It's four games. Honestly, like, it may be a big series, but you're the one that wanted to charge the mound. Keep a cooler head next time. I don't understand why Strickland is the guy that's getting more games. Well, no, but this is the thing. This this is my argument on this fact. If you're a relief pitcher, six games is nothing. <laughs> you not, you don't have to play. Do you, do you get counted even for games that you don't? Yeah. That's, for any game you dress, that's the six nice. games. So that that's where the the issue comes in with my argument. I'll give Bryce Harper four games. Like I think that was fair. I think there needs to be a way to regulate relievers or the pitchers because if you give a starting pitcher five uh, a five game suspension, like that's literally well, that's like one start, but then that just pushes them back and gives them extra rest. Yeah. Like you're not suspending them for five starts; you're suspending them for five games. It's like thanks for the rest. Yeah, literally. <laughs> thanks for MLB. But that's the thing with 
relievers or starting pitchers, there has to be a way to say they're missing their next five starts. They're missing their next six innings. Yeah, that would be brutal. But how do you count that? Because as a manager, I could be like, oh, well, I was going to use him today. And then, oh, I was going to use him the next day and the next day and the next day. Yeah, it becomes like way too much power on, on like the player side. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the thing. Like, he's getting more games, but really he's getting less games than Bryce. Because yeah. he would have maybe pitched like two games in those six days and – Bryce Harper's missing three now. So, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. That's all I dislike. And I, I respect the appeal process. I 1,000% agree with that. But, no, these <laughs> you do not just sanction a player and say, oh, I'm sorry, like, you know what, that wasn't fair. We'll take a game away. Yeah, like, no, uh, I agree with you completely on like, that. Did he get, but he got to play while he appealed, right? Well, yeah, that's See? the thing of the appeals. Like, you don't serve your suspension until it's finalized. Yeah, it's just like... Uh. Which, I mean, really and truly, he only played one game. But I, I see what your standpoint is on that matter. It's not... Yeah, I don't want to make a, a bigger deal than what it already is. And we've talked enough about it. It's been out there for a while now. But there's just things to like and dislike about it. But, yeah. And no. I, I'm not even going to... I'm not even getting into the whole, like, America standpoint. The kids watching that stuff, like... Whatever, like, you know, grow up. These are grown men. Like, settle your differences the way you want uh, in a game of, of sport like that. You know, cheap cheap moves will be responded with cheap moves. That's that's just the way it's that's the way it's, it's always been. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think by any means anyone that has a son or daughter would want them to resort to violence as their first means of resolving anything. Um, I can say that pretty, pretty positively. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... You know, I don't think that, you know, not standing up for yourself is something that should be rewarded. And um, whether you see someone getting hit by a baseball because they're standing up for themselves or however you want to spin it to look, um, I think intentionally throwing at hitters in the head is a bad part of the game. I would like to see that removed. But uh, intentionally throwing at a batter who showed you up is something that I support. So whether yeah. that results in more people charging the mound, hey, that's their decisions and they'll get suspended for it. Um, I think the league should personally set a um, a standard for games uh, suspended for for pitchers and hitters and then stick to it without appealing and getting a game off. But uh, that that's just me. I I'm old school that way. So yeah, it's a it's almost weird because it's like on, like on the surface, it's like oh, it's a shallow conversation. It's easy to say, well, yeah, both players got what was coming their way. But this is a dense conversation. Yeah, there's a lot more that goes into yeah. it than what we actually know because this wasn't because Bryce Harper, uh, like showed him up in any well, at least that I know of. I know that they had some issues. History. There's history. Yeah, there was history and. That always plays into things. I mean, I had history with uh, CDO High School whenever I played <laughs> baseball because I played against all the kids that went there for probably my whole entire life growing up. And so, I mean, I got thrown at once after I hit a dinger off him, and luckily my cooler head prevailed. But That's, I mean, nice. That's a good thing. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, like, you understand at the time that, like, they're doing this intentionally. Luckily, they threw out my legs, but, like, 
Why are you even doing it in, the, in that place, bro? I mean, it's high school baseball at God, that point. That is soft. Yeah. That is well, soft as something I cannot say on this pod, but yeah. that is just soft. Yeah, no. Sorry. I, I didn't have a lot of respect for that pitcher, but I went yaya off, it of, off, <laughs> off of him the first at bat, and it was just glorious. So, um, But, yeah, so, I mean, whether you agree or disagree, you know, it's it's how you look at the game and – whatnot that comes to the hitting batters perspective but you know being being bush league and you know suspensions and stuff like that that's a whole deeper conversation and whatnot so yeah just respect the integrity of the sport i mean gosh be chippy like definitely like whatever i mean it's all about well i mean competitive competitiveness is what drives sports right and you know the whole participation trophies and stuff like that is could be viewed as taking competitiveness out of out of sports and stuff like that but i mean competitiveness will always drive sports that will always be the driving factor everyone man women uh men women uh children all, there's some bone in our body that uh makes us want to compete that's why we do it i mean even outside of sports competing for jobs competing for uh colleges you know stuff like that and that's just what what we do and i don't ever see that going away sometimes it gets the best of you but evolution (laughs) whether you like it or not (laughs) yeah that'll be for another day we we got here somehow so i mean hey i i got into a competitive program you got into a competitive program like yeah that's one way to look at it. At yeah. one day, we might be competing for the same job because we have the same goals in mind. But hopefully, it doesn't come down to that. If it does, then I'll hire you as my yeah, right hand. Maybe, maybe there's yeah. Maybe there's you a hire there's me like as your a, right there's like a man. there's like a good ending to that. There should be a good ending. Oh, I the believe way I look there at, would be <laughs> the way I look at it. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think. Um, we we have some more baseball stuff we want to talk about, but we can hit that at a later date. I don't want to drag on the conversation too long. Um, next episode, we can wrap up on some of that stuff because it'll still be around. It's not going away anytime soon. But what are we gonna talk about? Oh, the uh, National League and American League mm-hmm. hitting. Little, little uh, seed for thought here. National yeah. League is has a better OPS. For those of you that don't know, that's on base plus slugging percentage. Um, for those of you who don't know what that is, on-base percentage is the amount of time you get on base compared to at-bats. Slugging percentage is the amount of total bases you get over uh, divided by at-bats you have. Um, sorry for all that information. Statistical drop. But um, National League, which does not have the DL, or nah, the DH deal. They have I, was like, DL. I hope they have the DL. <laughs> Bunch of bum dudes like, God, we're on the roster. And we're still getting paid. <laughs> God. Um, does not have the DH. Is hitting better for the first time since, what did we say, 66, 1966, 1976? Well, maybe it goes back to the 60. I mean, 72 or oh, 76, 72. one of those years of those. is like, but that was a dead heat. Like, it was a just a, even. And even. then the AL took off from there. So that's something we'll hit on the next podcast, but. I think we'll transition into last words. Um, do you have any last words? I have something I'd like to touch on, and then. Oh, uh, last words for me. Tough ending for UVA softball this season. Um, looked like they were big gonna... ups to them, though. Yeah, that was a oh, great season. I mean, finishing single digit losses, 
I'll take that. Yeah. Um, the there's, legacy there's of pride in that. Yeah, the legacy of Kandrea lives on. Um, who knows when will when the Cats will have another team like that? I mean, I'm honestly, I always believe in Kandrea. I would not be surprised they come back and compete again next year. I know they won't have that senior depth, but very cool. Uh, Cats for baseball. Um, our men will be making the trip out to Lubbock. A bit of a rough um, Texas Tech or Texas A and M. Texas Tech, okay. Lubbock, yeah. A bit of a tough homestand uh, to end the year with Cal. Should have really done a lot better that um, those last three days. However, uh, finding yourself in that regional, I mean, honestly, it's going to be an awesome tournament for uh, the men's college world series. And I'm not, I'm not discounting uh, the women's college world series. It's going to be awesome as well. I believe that the teams that are in that. That's a that is a, a pretty stout crowd. So it, it'll be interesting to watch for sure. Yeah, I'll definitely be keeping an eye on that. So that'll probably be coming up in podcast. But uh, so the so U of A will be featured alongside. So obviously Texas Tech is the host, which they play a much smaller field than High Corbett. High Corbett's a big park and it's a big High Corbett's definitely a pitcher's park. Yeah, it, it seats sure. like nine thousand people too, and so only Texas Tech has like four thousand available seats. They like sold out immediately. Oh, pretty similar to what Cats did for softball. Uh, so anyway, so Texas Tech is the host. They were uh, just a bit of, you know, popcorn from earlier in the year. We got dominated by them um, pretty handedly. Um, early season baseball. Early season baseball. I mean, that was like the first true test, I would say, for Cats, uh, especially on the road. Um, so definitely look to see the bounce back there. But the other teams visiting furthest traveling team, I believe, is Delaware. So that I think I don't know if that's their first tournament appearance, but I I, I mean, Probably obviously, not. Delaware, it's East Coast ball. I mean, they know how to play. It's a different realm over there, though. But, I man, talk about, talk about making a trip. That's going to be – I think that'll be a mentality uh, to consider. And then uh, the other school, um, I think it's another uh, – I believe it's another Texas school. But regardless, just something to look out for. Is it so, uh, SFA? No, it's not Stephen F. Austin. It's um, – uh, where is my – pull up twitter <laughs> assuming it's here but i think it is i it was uh oh where is it i don't think it's that one why, why I think am it's I, the next post it must be the next post oh oh god <laughs> we're struggling and oh. i'm struggling in my oh, last oh, words no. and i, and I oh, knew god. this i knew this Love uh, it. there it is sam houston state Gosh, that was hard. Oh, to so it was, was an S, okay. But I don't know if Sam Houston's. I assume Sam Houston. I just think that's Texas, but it could. I could. Be no, I think you're right. Yeah. Well. So, anyways, so we we play Sam Houston State first. first. Yeah. So, and then Texas Tech plays Delaware. So, we win. We'll just say Texas Tech wins. We'll have another matchup with Texas Tech. Hopefully, take that dub. And chill, then, chill out for a little bit, and then probably play Texas Tech again. So looking at probably potentially having to play Texas Tech twice, but hey, last the last time uh, and the Cats are making his repeating history if you want to call it that, um, made it to the final uh, the final series with the Chanticleers last year as an unseeded national un, a na- not a national seeded team and the Cats are not a national seeded team so yeah so I mean who knows still could happen who knows big surprise out of the college baseball realm was the fact that University of Miami didn't make it and. It was what was it a fifty year no like in the forties yeah forty something year streak of making it to um, the regionals so I appreciate you adding all my last words I was probably gonna say that but I didn't think about that till you said it I got you so 
Awesome. But my last words also has to do with the college realm. Um, the NCAA, both women's and men's golf tournaments, oh. happened throughout. Well, yeah, happened throughout the past week. Men's was this week. Women's was last week. Yeah, last week. Um, our good friends up north, which aren't really good friends, but you know they're still up north. So Pac twelve, um, Pac twelve represented, and they took uh, the women's golf title. ASU. Both individual and team. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, one of their <laughs> golfers won the individual. Unreal. Uh, I think she shot three under, which was in pretty tough condition. So, shout out to her. Where do they play at? Um, I think they played somewhere down in the south. Mm-hmm. I know the men played in Chicago. Oh, nice. So they might have both played there. I'm I'm unsure yeah. on that matter, but um and then for the men, the University of Oregon made it back to the championship uh, as a team and they faced the University of Oklahoma or Oklahoma University, I forget whatever however they say it. But um Oregon unfortunately came in second. Uh, the Sooners ended up winning that one, and Boomer Sooner quite quite a round actually. I got to catch some of it at work, so um, that was a good round. And I forget who got the men's individual, but it was it was some good golf to watch. And it's it's a little bit different than watching the PGA, just because you know those are professionals, and you um, I don't know you expect greatness out of them with college golfers. I mean. I expect great things, but it's also kind of just a little bit of a step down. So you can kind of relate as a recreational golfer going through some trials and stuff like that. I mean, these kids have probably golfed since they were like four. But pick up a club. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they're they're still playing off of raw emotion and not really carrying themselves as uh, true professionals yet. But okay. it was some great golf to watch. So um, shout out to both of uh, those. Uh, women's golf and men's golf are putting on a great show and whatnot. So Oregon won it last year, right? Oregon did win it last year. Team and individual? Uh, I think just, just team at least last team. year. But it's interesting because individual, they do stroke play. Oh, okay. So it's like PGA events. How does teamwork? Well, team. they each play, right? And then they take like best scores? Or? Well, yeah. So you have to qualify individually for the championship. Um which is why there's some outside players from teams that don't even qualify for the team rounds. Oh, okay. um, and then for team, you qualify through individual players that play in the individual. Okay, so quick way to explain this. So if your team makes it to the championship, then all of your guys get to play in the individual tournament. Oh, okay. And through that, that's how they seed the top eight teams. Once you have the top eight teams, you play match play, which then you're putting the one versus the eight seed as teams, and you pick your best five golfers, and they go head-to-head. And each hole... Best score. No, not even best oh. score. It's you win holes. So oh, okay. it would be as if me and you are playing golf, mm-hmm. um, whoever gets the lowest score on the hole wins that hole. So almost like Ryder Cup? Yeah, like Ryder Cup, exactly. To where if I went up, if we were playing 18 and by the 12th hole I was up six holes. It's over. And I won the the 12th hole, it's over. 
So you don't even have to play yeah. all 18. Oh, that's nice. But from that, whoever wins the most matches then moves on, and they continue that to the championship. And so it's it's a true team effort. I see. Because you can't just have one guy shooting incredibly under par Yeah. carry your team. Yeah. Okay. So okay. that's a quick match play thing for you, but... Yeah, so. Last words. Last words. Many last words. Many last words, and I think we still hit the hour mark, so. One, yep, hour. Hit it. Ding, ding, ding. Challenge <laughs> failed. <laughs> Close. I Jesus. mean, pretty much finished. I mean, got what we needed to say out, but we're still getting on. It's 11.55 on the <laughs> West Coast. Yeah. Well, with that being said, those were last words. Yeah. So, um... Look out for the 16th episode coming to you soon. Um, probably, like we said, baseball and some, some other topics. We'll see how the finals and uh, the bit. NHL championship go, Stanley Cup finals go. Um, but other than that, I hope you find yourself having a great rest of your week. And uh, hopefully you're able to catch some sports. And we'll see you next time.